so good to see you this morning. I want to welcome you. This uh, Last night and this morning, I really wrestled today with what I want to share with you this morning. As I feel like it's uh, probably something that we're all, a lot of us are dealing with today. And it comes out of a story of a mother who once again was facing a difficult situation. You know, there's a theme in the Old Testament. There's a theme of mothers who were faced with barrenness. And they resorted to faith and prayer, and God did wonders through their faith and prayers. And it's not just one occurrence. It happens really uh, quite a few generations that happens over and over again. And the amazing thing is, is that it was in the lineage of Jesus that that was happening. And so we go back and we look at their stories, and you and I have a lot to be grateful for, for the faith of those mothers who they kept praying and believing God and through their faith and through their praying. Therefore, the lineage of Jesus came, and now the Son of God brought into the world through Mary. Amazing faith. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the story of Hannah. Hannah's story is overwhelmingly inspiring. Hannah was faced with the odds of cultural assumptions. She was faced with the odds of barrenness, lacking in a, medical, in a society that did not have the tools for medicine. She wanted to have children very dearly, very badly, but she was faced with something that she herself could not resolve. There was no uh, going to talk to a doctor and get a consultation. And so therefore, Hannah was left with the result of going to the Lord in prayer. And this morning, what you're going to see as we read today is that Hannah was faced with an impossible situation, but she realized she served a God who, was, who could make all things possible. And so this morning, I want to just kind of read to you bits and pieces of her story. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 1, in verse 9, it says that after they had eaten and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. We're not going to be able to read this whole chapter this morning, but you're going to see there's a rhythm here in Hannah's life that she constantly comes back to the Lord, to the presence of God, to prayer. She over and over again does this. The Bible says that she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she made a, a vow and she said, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of death. Verse 12. As she continued praying before the Lord. Verse 15. And this, just, I just want to read you these bits and pieces so you can see here. But I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. She says, verse 16, Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Over and over and over again, we see this rhythm in Hannah's life. She went to God in prayer. She called to the Lord in prayer. And then we're going to skip to verse 19. 
They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. They went back to their house at Ramah. Elkanah knew his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked him of the Lord. The very name that she gave to her child was a name of prayer. I have asked him of the Lord, and the Lord has heard my cry. The Lord has answered my plea. We're going to skip down to verse 25. The Bible says that then they slaughtered the bull. They brought the child to Eli, the priest. And she said, watch what she does here. This, this is Hannah. She's just been given this child that she's been praying to, praying for. Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me the petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He is given to the Lord. Watch what she does. She left him there for the Lord. Some translations say she left him there in the presence of the Lord. We're going to skip to the next chapter, and I just want you to see this one verse in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord took note of Hannah. She conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. I don't know how I've missed this over the years of reading this, maybe because the first story is just so... Uh, captivating in the fact that she was praying and she was granted one son. But the Bible tells us here she went on to have three sons and two daughters, and Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. And now this morning we're going to skip over and read a brief scripture here in Matthew 17, verse 19 through 21. After the disciples were trying to help a boy with a demon, the Bible says that they came to Jesus privately and they said, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, watch what Jesus says to them, because of your little faith, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And some of the later scrolls have the phrasing that we often quote, and, so, and this comes but by prayer and fasting. This morning I want to talk to you about mountain moving prayer. Mountain moving prayer. And this, on the screen here today, I've got a couple of pictures for you to this morning to kind of help visualize the gravity of what we're talking about this morning. There's a picture here of this first picture. Uh, that's a picture of Mount Everest. We've heard the stories of Mount Everest, people who try to climb it and hike it and go and ex have the expedition all the way to the top. It's 29,031 feet tall. It's the tallest mountain in the world. Many people who have tried to climb Mount Everest, uh, when, when we hear the stories of their expedition, we don't realize that it's not just something you can do in a day. It takes many days. It takes weeks to climb this mountain. Not because of how 
of the fact that they can just climb up to the top. It's because of the altitude of Mount Everest, because of how tall it is, the human body cannot just ex- it go straight to the top. The body cannot withstand that type of climate and pressure. They can't learn how to breathe. And many people who climb to the top of Mount Everest talk about how not, it's not the climbing that it's difficult, it's the learning how to breathe in that type of altitude. The, some who have quote, talked about climbing Mount Everest have talked about how just even one step is exhausting because of how deep a breath you have to take in that type of altitude. Mount Everest, as we all can see and know, it is an enormous mountain. There's another picture on the uh, screen here. This is Mount, another fam- familiar mountain here, Mount Kilimanjaro. Mount Kilimanjaro is 19,341 feet, an especially tall mountain. Even just driving through Virginia, going to the Blue Ridge Mountains, and being at the base of those mountains, if you've ever done that, and riding your car up to the top, there's something that happens in our ears. They pop as you ascend into the altitude of those mountains. Even those mountains seem huge. But Jesus pulls out a statement here and he talks to them and he says to them that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and I've tried to construct this because I didn't have a mustard seed with a piece of paper, and this is over-exaggerated just so you can see it from the distance you're sitting here, this little tiny piece of paper that I've balled up. But a mustard seed is actually probably a quarter of the size of this little ball. And he says, if you have faith this size, you will say to this mountain, Mount Everest, Mount Kilimanjaro, a mountain that is this big, this enormous, this gigantic, be cast into the sea, move from here to there, and it will move. Now listen, I've never seen a mountain move. I've never looked and watched, sat back and watched a mountain move. But Jesus equates the type of things that happen with faith and prayer to the type of action that causes that type of mountain to move. Now listen, it takes people days and weeks to move it or to climb it. There's no way they can move it. All the tractors in the world would be working years to get rid of that thing. But Jesus says the type of faith that is this size can move that type of mountain. When we talk about mountain-moving prayer, when we talk about mountain-moving prayer in the Bible, it sounds like a good verse to quote when we pray. And it sounds like a good verse to quote even in the times of the New Testament. They faced uh, incredible things. But sometimes I've noticed that in our Christian life that that type of verse is applicable. We leave it applicable to the New Testament believers, but we take it out and we don't apply it to our own lives. But the word of God that applied to them even now is the word of God for you and I today. And the type of thing that Hannah was facing was a mountain. Barrenness was an Old Testament mountain. It was the Mount Everest of the Old Testament. There was no solution to that. 
There was no doctor who could solve that. There was no doctor who could make a way for that type of thing. There was no remedy. There was no solution. It was a Mount Everest. It was a Mount Kilimanjaro. So therefore, Hannah did what she knew to do. She resorted to the Lord in prayer. She got her faith together and came to the Lord with all of her emotions, deeply distressed, anxious and all, pouring it out before the Lord and gave it all to God, believing that only God was able to do it. And what did God do? He not only answered her prayer once, but five times. He not only moved one mountain, he moved five mountains. God did the impossible for Hannah. And it's, it doesn't go without, without my life noticing and those around us noticing that many of us here this morning, we are facing mountains. And when I say we're facing mountains, I'm not talking about a little solution that you and I can maybe go to somebody and they can help us solve it or there's, this, there's, there's an earthly means to come to an answer. The type of mountain I'm talking about is the mountains where it is only one individual who can solve it. There is only one God who can answer it. There is only one way that it will ever come crashing down, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the type of mountain that Jesus was calling them to look at was in no way for them to say, we can work it out in our own way. It was causing them to say, all the things that you are facing even now that you cannot do in your own ability, in your own means, I'm going to show you how I can do it. And so he's called them to a life of faith, to believe God. And the thing that he rebuked the disciples for was he says, because of your little faith. Then he goes on to tell them, but if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Now they had little faith, but then he said the faith of a size of a mustard seed. So their faith had to be next to nothing in that picture. And so now we go back and we're going to talk this morning for a few minutes about mountain moving prayer. The first thing you're going to note about Hannah is that Hannah learned this. Faith takes delight in the Lord. Faith takes delight in the Lord. What do you mean by that, Charlie? You're going to see here, as we read this morning, that Hannah kept coming back to the presence of the Lord. She kept returning to God's presence. Even after God answered her prayer, even after God gave her the child that she asked for, even after all of it was said and done, she kept coming back to God's presence. And not only that, but she left her child in the presence of the Lord. And a lot of times when you and I are facing mountains, and we need the faith that causes that type of mountain to move, it, it is a lesson to us from Hannah that the Lord takes delight in answering the prayer of those who love him, who dwell in him, who are not just going to take their prayer and run with it. They're going to keep coming back to him because their delight is in the Lord Jesus. Hannah was content that even if God didn't answer her prayer, she was content in the presence of the Lord. 
And there is this type of lesson that God causes all of us to go on in our journey of prayer. That you and I have to learn in our life of prayer that we can become content even if God doesn't answer the prayer. Because Jesus is enough. Because Jesus alone satisfies my soul. Even if God doesn't answer the thing that we're praying for. Our faith is in God, not in the thing that we're praying for. And it takes delight in the person of Jesus. It keeps coming back because she loved him. Hannah kept coming back to the presence of the Lord because she loved him. Because she knew only God could move a mountain. She kept coming back even after Samuel was left there. And kept coming back checking on him in the presence of the Lord because her delight was in the Lord. And 1 Samuel chapter 2, Hannah goes on and she prays a prayer. And watch what she says this right here. She says... My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord. No one beside you. There is no, watch what she says, rock like our God. Hannah learned that even in barrenness, God is still faithful. Even when the mountain doesn't seem like it's going anywhere, God is still good. God is still wonderful. Why? Because he loves me. Because he cherishes me. Because he saw fit to hear my cry even when he didn't have to. Because God takes delight in who I am. And so because Hannah took delight in the Lord, the Lord took delight in answering her request to show that the Lord's ear is attentive to the cry of the righteous. Why? Because the righteous person knows that my soul is satisfied in Jesus and Jesus alone. Listen, after Job lost everything, The whole world was taken away from him. He got down to the place in his life that he realized my family is gone. My possessions are gone. My friends have turned their backs on me. But though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Why? Because Job learned just like Hannah that there is no greater delight than Jesus and Jesus alone, than God and God alone. God can move mountains. God can answer prayer. But greater than that is God himself. Greater than anything God could possibly do for me is Almighty God, the one seated on the throne and high and lifted up. And so mountain-moving prayer has the type of faith that takes delight in the Lord that isn't so much concerned about the mountain, but is concerned with the God who can move the mountain. And so therefore, when the person who has faith that takes delight in the Lord, God takes delight in moving mountains for them because their delight is not in the mountain, it's not in the problem, it's in Jesus who can do all things for you and I. She kept coming back to God's presence. The second thing you're going to see here is this, and it's a simple statement, but sometimes it needs to be said again, that faith is put to action in prayer. Faith is put to action in prayer. The Bible teaches us that faith without works is dead. And faith without prayer, I want to add this as we see here, is one of those works that shows that it's dead. Because the praying person is the person who has faith that keeps going back to God and knowing that only God can answer it. 
Hannah kept coming back into prayer because she believed only God could help her. Only God could do this. Listen, Eli was in the temple. The priest was there. She wasn't going to Eli, pleading with Eli. She was just trying to reason with that guy because she was, he thought she was crazy. But her faith was in God and she kept pouring out her soul and saying, Oh God, you, I've prayed for this child. Oh God, hear my, position, my, my petition. I have got great anxiety. My soul is overwhelmed before you. I am deeply distressed before you. It was being all poured out before God. Her faith was put to action in prayer. It's the same thing that Jesus told those disciples when they were looking at a mountain. If you have faith, you will say. If you have faith, you will say. Listen, if we have faith, the faith alone is enough to cause us to look at mountains and cause them to move. It's not this thing of wondering to build up enough faith to say to the mountain. If you have faith and a mountain stands before you, you just say to the mountain, move, because you know that God alone is able to answer it. It's faith put to action in prayer. And that's what Hannah kept doing. She kept coming back to the Lord. And you know what I love about 1 Samuel chapter 2 is that Hannah, she kept coming back to check up on Samuel. She kept going to see, is Samuel serving the Lord here? The Bible says that she, she, she sewed his robes to serve in the presence of the Lord. She kept coming and wondering, is, is, I'm going to make sure that my commitment to you, Lord, is that I believe in you in prayer. And so I'm going to make sure that my vow is true to you. I'm going to keep coming to you in prayer, in the presence of the Lord. It's faith put to action in prayer. The third thing here you'll note is this is that faith and Hannah's life and the many others throughout the Bible, that faith is rooted in God's capability and acknowledges men's inability. Faith is rooted in God's capability and acknowledges men's inability. Listen, the statement that Jesus told them was an impossible statement. A mountain had never been moved before. And not to my knowledge has a mountain ever been moved since, physically speaking. Spiritually speaking, there's been a lot of mountains moved. So you have to ask the question, why did God tell them that you can say to a mountain, be moved, if it's an impossible statement? Because it was the way of pointing them, once again, to look to only God is capable of moving a mountain. If God would speak to that mountain as he did in creation and say, come up from there, Mount Everest. I'm going to place you right there. Come up from there, Mount Kilimanjaro. You're going to be right there. From Mount Ararat, I'm going to put Noah's Ark on there. You're going to be a purpose and time in there. If God is the one who can speak it into creation, then only God is the one who is capable to cause those type of mountains to be moved. And it's the way of showing us that there are situations in our life and we just have to acknowledge that there is no earthly solution to it. There is no man's answer to it, woman's answer to it. There is no way that it can be worked out by any earthly means. And faith is the realization that there are some things that only God can do. And there are some things that only God is going to do through faith and prayer. 
And so Jesus pointed them once again to look that only God can move a mountain. It's not a task that any human can perform. And this was what Hannah did. Her faith was rooted in God's capability. And she acknowledged, Lord, I'm barren. I'm distressed. I'm overwhelmed. Listen, you know what? When you're facing a mountain, when you look up at a mountain and it's huge and it's big before you, it'll make you feel unable real quick. It'll make you feel exhausted even looking up at it. The fact of whatever the situation is, some, some uh, health issue, marriage issue, life situation, whatever it is, looking up at that type of mountain, it makes you feel overwhelmed. It makes you feel exhausted. It makes you come to a quick realization. Am I going to try to climb this thing or am I going to step back and ask God to take care of it? And you'll note that it, all along that really what God is trying to do is to give us the easier way out. All along what God is calling us to do is to simply take our anchor and throw it on Jesus. Don't throw it on that mountain. Don't try to hike that mountain. Throw it on Jesus and call to the one who can move mountains. Faith is rooted in God's capability, and it acknowledges, I can't do it. I need you, Lord. Sometimes the greatest prayer that any of us will ever pray is simply this, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm helpless. Lord, I can't do anything about this. Because that person has faith that realizes, no, only God can do this. There's a mountain that needs to be moved. I can't do it, Lord. Only you can do it. And that type of faith is the person who's come to the realization like Hannah. I'm either going to just be barren or I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer and watch God answer this. So therefore, Hannah says, my heart exalts in the Lord. It was in God's capability. I love what the angel came and said to another mother who was uh, once again in a similar situation. Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the angel comes and talks to her about Elizabeth. And the amazing thing is if you go back and you read the story about what the angel says to Mary about Elizabeth is the angel, watch this, the angel encourages Mary's faith by telling her about Elizabeth's barrenness. The angel says to Mary, I love this, you can go read it. Luke chapter 1, verse 36 and 37, you can read it. The angel says to Mary, listen Mary, she, speaking of Elizabeth, she was barren. She was once barren. She was once in a similar situation like you. And then the angel goes on to say, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Listen, Mary, Elizabeth was facing a mountain just like you. But listen, if God wants to do it on earth, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's going to do it because he's God. He's the God of the impossible. He's the one who breathes life into dust and creates you and I. That's a miracle. The fact that our very beings are being held together, our hearts are beating our lungs are rising up and down. The earth is spinning on an axis. Listen, for with God, nothing is impossible. Listen, that did not just boom in space. That was intentional by a God who created all things and woven it together and caused life to come. Because why? For with God, nothing will be impossible. When Job was wondering and began to question God in the middle of his loss, God began to speak back to Job. And he said, Job... Where were you when I created the earth? 
Where were you when I breathed into those birds and I caused them to swoop down and get their food? Where were you at, Job, when I caused it to rain and the sun to come? Where were you at, Job? Because for with God, nothing will be impossible. This morning, I just want to encourage you, my friend. I just want to encourage you today. Don't let an impossible thing discourage your faith. Let an impossible thing encourage your faith. For with God, nothing will be impossible. God has a history of associating himself with impossible situations. This book is an impossible situation. The men who wrote it, the women whose stories who recorded it, it's an impossible situation. But here we are 2,000 years later reading it and learning from it. It was an impossible situation for Jesus, the Son of God, to come and die on a cross. But listen, from the garden, God worked out that plan and did it. God has always associated himself with impossible situations. So you and I would cause our faith to rest in the God who moves mountains, not in the mountain, not in my problem, not in the enemy, not in the situation, but in God Almighty, for God delights when his people take delight in him. Amen. Let's say amen to the Lord. As the musicians come, I want to leave you with this. As I begin to research and study and just listen to the Lord about mountains, I realized that God had a way throughout the Bible of speaking about mountains. He did it to Isaiah when they were facing exile situations and problems. He did it to others. He did it to Zechariah when Zechariah was being opposed by enemies, people wanting to hurt him and harm him and their enemies come and overcome them. All these problems mounting up, or I'm sorry, not Zechariah, Zerubbabel, as Zerubbabel felt the call to go back and build the temple. All the opposition that was coming. And the Bible says Zechariah prophesied to Zerubbabel. And he said to him, O Zerubbabel, what are you, O great mountain? What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain level ground listen if heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool then mountains are just something that he can kick over with his foot and it is nothing too hard for the Lord once again Jesus was walking with the disciples and talks to them again about a mountain as there they watched Jesus cause a fig tree to wither they stood back and wondered oh my goodness what just happened and Jesus tells them these simple words, whatever you ask for in prayer with faith, you will receive. You'll say to that mountain, be cast into the sea, and it will. Will you stand with me this morning? Every eye closed this morning. This morning I just felt impressed by the Lord that there are some of us today that are facing mountains facing mountains. You're not, you're not facing just some little problem. You're facing a mountain, something that only God can do. Only God can work it out. There is no doctor from, there is no answer from doctors. There is no solution from anybody you've tried to talk to. You're stuck in a place that it's either God's going to come through or nothing. 
And this morning, I just want to encourage you today that we serve a mountain-moving God. And just because it looks like a mountain to you, just remember, God made it His footstool. And God can make it happen. By faith, just enough faith, just a little faith, the size of a mustard seed, just a little faith like Hannah that says, but Lord, I take delight in you. I take delight in you. And this morning you need prayer today. You're facing a mountain. Can I just encourage you? Would you just come stand at the front? Whatever it is, maybe there's some mothers here. You've been praying for your children to come to the Lord. It seems like a mountain. Lord, how are they going to come back to you? I don't know. Maybe there's some, some health situations. It's like a mountain. God is just, it's before you and it's overwhelming you. Listen, come to the Lord this morning. Just come stand here at the front. The Bible teaches us that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And this morning, we're going to agree together in faith that whatever mountain you're facing, God can cause it to become level ground in Jesus' name.